Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. Today our guest, Megan Meyer, is here to share a bit of her Twin Cities dance history. Megan is a choreographer, dancer, and an experimental videographer and photographer. Welcome, Megan. Hi, Matthew. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to have you here. I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, I have so many memories back in college, dancing in each other's works, uh, Cole's guest artists' works, like Douglas Dunn, and of course, yes. the faculty member, David Voss. Um, mm. So, And I was lucky enough to collaborate really briefly with you for some of my work with Arena, too. Uh, so really just excited to chat with you. Yes, back uh, in the in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you start dancing? Um, I started dancing um, in Milwaukee um, because I think this is how, because my mom took ballet classes um, at University of uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee at UWM um, through the extension program, like at night and on the weekends. And so I think she was taking classes and I must have been quite small, like five, I think. And I, I must have gone to a class with her maybe and kind of liked it. But then they said, oh, you're, she's too little. We don't let kids start taking classes until they're six. Um, so she should take creative movement. And so then I took creative movement and I, I think I made it one class and I was like, I'm bored. I'm <laughs> not going back to that. It just wasn't what I was, I mean, I don't know what I was looking for at age five, but um, I remember being thinking it was really dumb, which is hilarious. Uh, and so they made an exception and I got to start taking um, ballet classes. So they had a pretty robust ballet program. And I just took that from like age six to boy, all the way until right bef until about 12, right before I would have started on point. So I never did do point classes, which I'm kind of grateful for now. Yes, yes. Because I, I can so. still walk and my knees are still working. Um, and then I quit. So I quit for a little bit of time. And that's all I had studied was ballet. And, and then I was doing sports in school and then I think I started up again when I was maybe like 14 and taking like jazz classes and ballet. I pretty much only took jazz and ballet. Wow. Yeah, I know. Me and jazz. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can see it. You're, you can you're see well it. Rounded. You're well rounded. You're well rounded for sure. It was definitely the um, Madonna era. This would This would have been like, so yeah, 14, I was in high school. So that was like early 80s, mid 80s. So I, I had big Madonna hair. I remember that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so you, was it like a small suburban school then? Kind of no. So this was part of um, UWM. So the university um, in, but it wasn't, they didn't have a dance program. They had a theater program, but this was their extension classes. So it was like adjunct faculty um, teaching at night and on the weekends. Wow. So you kind of were maybe the youngest person in those classes then, right? There were other, eventually there were a lot of kids. And then I, then I was taking like, you know, classes with other kids. So it was kind of a, but it was kind of a mixture. Like um, there were definitely adults always in the class, but, uh, and then, you know, some kids I think were in there and then they wouldn't come back the next year. And, um, but I was really into it and, and took it really seriously. I remember um, they had these guest teachers that would come. Some of, I remember one of them was named Michael Mall, and I wish I knew more sort of ballet history of who, I know he was like a prominent, I think he was British. And there were some people from Canada that taught there that were pretty well known in the ballet world at, at, at that time. And, um, they had this like master class and there was a men's class, but I didn't understand that it was a, 
or they had like a men's jumping section. And I was really in, again, can you believe this? I was really into jumping at the time. And I was like eight. And I remember t- doing the men's combination. And I was like, why are there no other girls out here with me? <laughs> the, the teacher was just sort of laughing at me, but he's like, he let me do it though, which was great. So yeah. and but I, mean, I don't what, think I was sounds, supposed to be. Yeah. It sounds like you were really kind of embraced. Yeah, it was, it was really great as well. Yeah, totally challenged. It was really um, exciting. And I think it, it just worked well with what my brain was interested in at the time. I was also studying um, viola and like singing in choir, you know, so taking some and studying piano for a little bit of that. So Mm. music, you know, and then, and then we had, this was really cool because we had a live piano player you know there's like nothing better than having class with live music so um that was a treat and I think I appreciated the the music aspect of it too just because I was studying uh other art forms at the same time yeah yeah it's nice to have that kind of challenge at that age I feel like it you know so much of it I'm hugely generalizing right now but totally suburban (laughs) dance schools you know it's like yeah, I'm dropping my kid off at this dance class, you know. Right, I right. Know. <laughs> and and I think it was cool too because it was on a college campus and it wasn't, you know, we didn't live super far from there, but like I had to either get a ride or eventually I would um take the bus there. So that was a whole thing too. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I like to pretend like I was going to the fame school or something. But, yes. <laughs> but you know that it wasn't in, you know, like it wasn't part of my school or it wasn't close, super close. It was like, cause I did live in the suburbs and it was, it was in the city. So that was exciting yeah. also. That's so cool. Um, and so did you come to Minnesota f- to go to the U? I did. Okay. Yeah. So, so I just remembered too, that um, when I was later in, a, in like 17, um, I started, how did that work? I had a boyfriend when I was 17 and 18, I would say, and 19 maybe. And and um, he was a dancer and he danced for, he had danced for some ballet companies and he was dancing for Milwaukee Ballet Company. So I started taking class at Milwaukee Ballet Company before I knew him. Sorry, I gotta see, see no. what this history does. Yeah. So I also studied at Milwaukee Ballet Company and took um, ballet and jazz there as well. And then, I met this guy and he was a ballet dancer and he also danced with this, uh, it was called Bauer Contemporary Ballet, a company based in Milwaukee. And um, Susie Bauer was the artistic director and she had studied with Cunningham. So her whole style was Cunningham based. So I started taking classes with her, I guess from like 17 to 18. And then I moved to Minneapolis, um, which was, kind of great luck because the year I start, so that was in 86 that I moved to Minneapolis um, to go to the U and I didn't know if they had a dance program or not. I was just kind of looking to get away from Milwaukee basically and try to go somewhere else. And, and I'd come to Minneapolis for something with, with one of my parents and I just remember liking it. Like I was really excited by like, the downtown, like that seemed really exciting to me. Um, but my, you know, when I, when I did finally eventually figure out that there was a dance program at the U of M very shortly after that, we can get into this later, but the, the Coles chair was first established and they had, it was like primarily Cunningham work. So I had, I felt like I had kind of a head start on that, mm. which was kind of great. So yeah. Did, were you looking into other colleges at the? At the um, you know, I I wasn't super aggressive about it. Um, I looked at, I think Stevens Point had a dance department, and I went there with my dad, and it was, you know, it was quite small. Not that the one at the Minnesota was was any any bigger at the time, um, but it just seemed. I just wasn't as excited about the city itself like it was kind Mm -hmm. of a felt like a small town and I I guess I was really looking for something different I really wanted the like anonymity of a of a big city I think yeah getting a little bit further from your 
family maybe yeah. For a little bit. yeah yeah that felt like exciting to try to like reinvent myself i was pretty miserable in high school so it wasn't like my glory days so <laughs> i was anxious to um branch out on my own i think and and look for try to yeah figure out what i who i was and all that yeah yeah well since we were in college together i i'm really <laughs> interested in mm. your memories of the program and perspectives i know i i didn't get there till 89 though so i didn't realize oh okay three yeah. years on me i started in well and now i'm remembering um so i the first year i moved to minneapolis in 86 fall of 86 and right after high school and then I didn't know there was a dance program. I didn't figure that out until the spring of that year. So for the fall and the winter, um, you're going to love this. I, I think I looked it up in the phone book and started taking classes at the Zoe Seely Dance Center, which oh was God. on 38th and Chicago, um, which I was just at this coffee shop the other day that is kitty cornered from there. And I'm sitting outside of it looking over now it's like a um auto body station and i'm like that is where that was it's this cool little corner green building so i took class there from zoe and um from boy there was a bunch of other people that that took class there and i continued to take class even after i started at the u um so yeah, I started at the U and started in the dance program, I would say in, boy, I guess the summer of 86, because I got to take a workshop with Viola Farber, who mm. used to dance for Cunningham. So I remember that was like a summer session. And it all, it all you know, you remember too, like they were still on quarters instead of semesters. So yeah. everything like went really quickly, you know, the the quarters were only 10 weeks long. So everything, they really packed a lot into a year. So you had like different, different classes every quarter. Um, so I'm sorry, you asked me something and I've, I've already gone off on a, no, you're perfect. Something that's, about exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I was asking. Like memories and perspective Maybe. of training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just looking at some notes I tried to take. Yeah. So like the, you know, at the time when I first started taking class, I think I, I think spring quarter of my, of 86, I figured out there was a dance program, figured out where it was. Oh, well, I have to tell this story now. Okay. Let me back up. So when I went to my like academic advisor office, like I didn't have an academic advisor, but it was like the liberal arts, um, office or something they had these like career books you know this is all so dark ages pre pre-internet everything yeah, yeah. so they had these like ring binders that they directed me to and they're like oh if you're thinking of majoring in blank here's a ring binder that might tell you some possible jobs you could get in that field so i was like great <laughs> so i go and i don't find one for dance of course and then i realize it's like jammed in with like seven other small, <laughs> small majors. Um, and the only job, this is how I remember it. The only job that they listed that was uh, a good like career choice was rodeo clown. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, okay. The U needs, isn't quite what I need it. What, you know, they yeah. didn't have, I'm not, I'm not going to get any help from my CLA office. So I ended up going and watching David Voss's class um, in that little studio. I can't remember what it was called, but the Nora one 67, Nora 67. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would just sit, you know, in that little doorway and watch the, I think David primarily worked with like the senior, senior juniors and seniors. So the advanced class. And um, I just would watch that. And then I think he must have asked me at some point, like, you know, who are you or what are you? He was very kind and welcoming. And um, I think he eventually and he said, you know, you can come and watch from in here if you want. And then and then I think he 
suggested like, well, you, you know, you, we have other classes and maybe showed me where to register for them or, or just told me about what's, what's, um, what the options were or something. Mm -hmm. So that's how I finally found out the dance, uh, department. Um, and then that, so that I was like full on in the dance department in like 87, summer of 86 and 87. And then was there, I was on the law. I didn't want to leave because my student loans were going to come due then. So I stayed, I think until 90, I was there until 90. So definitely not on the four year plan, but, um, cause I was like paying my way own way through college and having to, you know, working jobs and stuff along yeah. with that. Um, so if, so yeah, if you were there, was your first year when the Coles chair was already happening? Do you remember? I believe so. Cause that was the okay. first year I was there. It was Paul Taylor's Esplanade, which was oh, a God. huge deal. Yeah. yeah. That was like a traumatic. Um, yes. I remember it well. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was like, yeah. So the culture would have been in place for, I think at least, I think it came in in like 87 or 88. I honestly can't remember, but, but that was great. I mean, it was really great to have all those, what luxury to have all those guest teachers. And I was like looking, you know, and the people that were on faculty, before the Coles chair were also lovely. Like um, Margie Farnioli was a dear, important teacher at the time. She did um, Bartenyev classes and, and, you know, some sort of training about that and, and sort of body mind centering, which was, you know, a complete foreign language to me. And I was like, there were definitely like two camps. There was like the, rebels in her class and then the other folks that took like maria chang's class <laughs> so, <laughs> the so, technique technique yeah, yeah and i mean and to be fair this was an incredibly small department at the time so i think the year i graduated there were eight seniors i'm positive wow. of that yeah so it's you know obviously it's it's gigantic compared to that now but it was very small and um uh, every, every, you know, everybody was in all the same classes pretty much. So. Yeah. Well, it, that's weird to me though, Megan, cause I feel hmm. as though if you graduated in 90, you were only in school with me for a year. That can't be right. I, I mean, I, I think I walked through graduation in 91. So it's possible I did like the first quarter of 91 maybe. So maybe I was still dancing in 91. Um, that's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> yes. We're going to have to see when Douglas Dunn was there. Cause I know that you and I danced together. In yes. I remember year. being your partner for that. Yes. And, I, and I danced with him for him in another, he was there twice. And the first time it was a different piece that, that uh, there was like, it was all women. I remember that. Um, and th so that must have been before you got there. Because that, yeah. I think, preceded the Paul Taylor uh, teaching. So, um, and then, yeah, so then when we were in that Douglas Dunn piece together, yeah, I got, I got, um, I felt very lucky. I really clicked with Douglas and he also performed, I think, both times he was there teaching. He performed at the Walker and those really made an impression on me. Like I can still picture it. It was in the old Walker, you know, which is now the cinema. Mm -hmm. um, and I can like still, I could get up and like imitate something he was doing right now. <laughs> you can't see me. So I've kept in touch with Douglas all this time, actually. Like every time I'm in New York, I look him up and I just saw him last January, right before COVID. And I just feel so lucky to have, gotten to hang out with we got to go out to breakfast and hang out with them and um saw his wife Grazia and so it's just he was really supportive of my work of as a choreographer we're getting into different territory now but yeah that's okay um, I love it that you stayed in touch <laughs> yeah and he and it just happened that you know the piece that you and I were partners in for Douglas that would have been 
I, I'm almost positive that that was 90 because Rosie Seamus and I did our senior project together and we um, choreographed, we each choreographed pieces that made up a concert and Douglas was there. Like he just happened to be teaching at that time. So he came to the concert and we held it at um, Hennepin Center for the Arts in Studio 6A. And I think that was the first time a senior show had been held off campus. That was sort of a new thing. And we wrote a grant and got like, you know, it was like $200, but that was like more money than we'd ever heard of. So, um, (laughs) so he was just very lovely and supportive. And I, he was just like a looms large in my mind for that time, along with all the other fantastic teachers that we had, like Aaron Thompson and, um, all the guest teachers, like I'm looking at the list that I wrote down and it's crazy. All these Cunningham people and David, of course. Um, I didn't get to study dancing with David enough. Like I barely did. I took choreography class with him and he was also very supportive and, um, you know, he didn't mince words and he, he was very, uh, direct about, what you were, he was so great. What a great teacher because he, I just remember him saying something like, okay, you're interested in, he's like, this is complicated what you're interested in. And, and I want you to be clear about what you're trying to say. Cause like this movement doesn't support that, but this other one does like, he could help mm-hmm. me break it down and sort of show me, you know, which, you know, wasn't putting any of his, he never said like, I like it better like this. He was like, you need to make this decision and totally empowered me to do that, which was, you know, at the time I didn't realize how sort of unusual that was with the teacher. And I mean, that's, that's also just like a very generous heart to be able to, even if you don't care for what someone's doing, you're giving them the tools to figure it out and make it better. So Totally. And, you know, I hear David voice, Voss's voice in mm. my head every time I am in the theater, basically, mm. before, I, before I go on. <laughs> it's my little trick yeah. that I, yeah. Mm. So it's, that's amazing. And I have memories of you and I in comp together, though. So that must not, that mm. must be a wrong memory. <laughs> well, because it, I felt like you, I worked, you and I worked together hmm. on things, but I, that's, yeah. I remember being in like rehearsals with you. I mean, it's possible. I feel like I only took, I wrote down that I've only had two choreography classes in my life and both of them were in the, in the eighties, which is like not enough. Like no wonder I feel like I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. <laughs> Um, So I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I don't think, I think all the choreography classes I took were in studio 67. I think they were so such small groups that they were in that tiny room, but I don't know. Yeah. I have a bad memory too, though. So (laughs) it's also like, it's a while ago. And if I didn't have some of these things written down, I wouldn't remember any of them. Um, And we also didn't have, phones to like record everything and you know you you don't you don't have to remember anything these days it's all on your phone yeah or we were watching vhs tapes to remember choreography or something right Uh, well did (laughs) i'm gonna jump now yes jump to (laughs) ethnic dance theater were you Mm. dancing with them before you left college or were you no um i didn't start dancing with them until Boy, like the, here, I'm looking it up. 1994 to 2000. I danced with them for, it was really seven years, even though the the dates look like six years. Um, So I don't know how I, so after college, I started dancing with, um, I don't have any of this written down, so I'm shooting out Go of for it. it. Do it. Do uh, it. <laughs> I danced. I remember dancing for a lot of like one time projects for different people. Someone I danced with more than once was Maria Gomez Tierney. Oh yeah. Um, 
And then, well, and then really what was going on for the first two years after school was um, Rosie and, and I, I mean, Rosie kind of started this company and I was doing part of the choreography. So she would have pieces and I was the other choreographer and it was called Shattering Feet. Yeah, I was and in we, that. I didn't. Oh, uh, yes. So, yeah, we were we were rehearsing in Space Space. Um, you yeah, you're you remember you did shows in Space Space. Yeah. yeah. What am I talking about? You remember. Um, and so we were rehearsing a lot and performing um, at like Famine Chorus Gallery, which doesn't exist anymore that I that I know of, and I can't even quite figure out where it was because it's sort of over by the garbage burner in like near the sort of where off the warehouse district. What yep. used to be called yep. the warehouse dis- warehouse district is now everybody calls something else, but I can't Nothing. call it that because yeah, I know I just hate that. <laughs> I'll <name>. say it. <laughs> so, <laughs> he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> um, so I remember like dancing. You know, and she organized all that and and she had these connections. Um, I remember dancing at this gallery place and it was like, I remember there wasn't a bathroom. I don't know how we did all of this stuff. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't like up to code or, you know, there was, we weren't supposed to be doing that and there was booze. So I'm sure yeah. that wasn't supposed to be happening <laughs> either. Um, but it was great. And I remember there was like, at least for a couple of them, there were, bands playing and there was like one time we had our hair done by like do you remember that salon hair police yeah that was in uptown like the the woman that ran that did like all our hair and makeup and it just i felt so cool i remember that um so that anyway that was going on and that i think i was choreographing for that till like just like two years or a year and a half something like that um, till like 93. And then I joined ethnic dance theater. Um, and then all the while I was also dancing for a few other people, some, um, folk dance stuff. And I choreographed something for, um, choreographers evening in 94. And that was really the first formal thing I did. That was just a solo, um, that I did outside of after school or after getting out of college um, again, you asked me a question, uh, and I think I, love I, it. I love it. started all, to answer it and went off on a tangent. That's what it's all about. I love it. Cause I remember <laughs> also, cause it's helping me too. Okay. <laughs> cause I, I performed in a warehouse space mm. on cement. I have very clear memories of yes. it. It was with, uh, that drumming group, that local drumming Oh yes. Um, uh, the, um, Savage Oral Hotbed. Yes. Yes. And I was not in that piece. You were in that big piece. That was a big group piece with like seven or eight people. Yeah, like and a it was huge like, cast and you had really mm. badass costumes. And, um, yeah, I was always like watching that cause I was not in that particular piece. Yeah. But it was like people drinking and, you know, blowing smoke in your face as you're performing <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing. You're like, totally. Okay. I totally remember one of the pieces we did. Um, God, I don't even know if this was, it wasn't, maybe it was my piece. Maybe we were waiting for it to start, but I remember sitting there, standing there, and we're just surrounded by people, which, you know, was like so exciting. It wasn't on a stage. Just And thank you for saying the cement because mm-hmm. it was absolutely like a super shitty floor. Um, and some guy came up to me and he was super drunk and he's smoking and he's just like blowing smoke. And he's like, who are you guys? And like, he was just super drunk. And, and I was trying to like, not say, I'm like, we're dancing, leave me alone. Like we were trying to be professional. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a super, I don't know that I would be into that kind of scene today, probably, but. Uh, it was great. It was so great to be able to um, have that experience when all you were used to was like dancing on a very formal stage in a theater. Yes. I'm loving this, Megan, because I feel like my perception, <laughs> I was in college mm. so, mm. at the time that you were out then. And so my perception of you was like, when did you, 
I feel like you were quietly making work, but you weren't really. You really kind of graduated and and started putting yourself out there and with Rosie as well. I didn't. Yeah, no I did make. Um, yeah, so for Shattering Feet, I made. I remember like two kind of bigger pieces, you know, and bigger at the time was like, um, I don't know, maybe it was 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> like yeah. they weren't terribly long. Um, and then I had made stuff in college and I think we performed a couple of those as well. Um, and then I made this solo for myself for choreographer's evening in the like mid nineties. And I remember that's where I met Kristen Van Loon was at that, um, choreographer's evening. I think hijack must've been in it and I didn't know them yet. And she came up and talked to me and it was just really exciting. Cause I didn't, <laughs> I knew who she was, but I was like, oh, she talked to me. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, I did. So then I was dancing a lot and not choreographing. And I very distinctly remember this, that uh, for whatever reason, I took like a 10 year choreographic hiatus. I just didn't make anything. And it wasn't that I, you know, chose to do that. That's just sort of how it happened. And, um, and I was working, you know, I was always working full time. Um, so that was another thing too, like, because I had school debt and I'd worked through school, like I always had a full-time job and, and that was something that took me out of like, I, you know, I worked days, so I wasn't able to take class. And that seemed to be how everyone really got stayed connected was like mm -hmm. taking class at Xenon or taking class at Space Space. And I was not in that scene. So um, for better or for worse, that I, I just sort of missed out on that. And I would take workshops when I could. And um, but honestly, I don't take class regularly. And I've been kind of uh, I used to say that I was like a slob about that. Like I wasn't um, a good student about that, but I don't, I think it's important to keep learning, but I don't miss taking class mm. to be really honest. So uh, I mean, I'm studying like Feldenkrais now, yeah. like as a, as a student, not, not to teach it, but, um, and I've, and I have definitely like taken class off and on, but not, super regularly so that's interesting yeah and i'm really i'm really like <laughs> how is it that you and i started because you you danced with arena and uh, several things but also like <laughs> i remember very clearly uh a trusted friendship with you and i was like improvising mm. this solo in 6a in a sheer dress that I yes. was getting feedback from you on. Like, how yes. did that, how, where was our connection? I don't point? know. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure we saw each other in the, in like when you were dancing in Rosie's pieces yeah. um, in that. And then I think that was like all, you know, that was our friend group too. You know, it's like. Yeah, true. That, I mean, true. I remember like, I don't, I don't know if I remember that, but I remember like going dancing at first Avenue with like all the dancers. And, and that was just like, that was my social life. Cause it, you know, and that hasn't, nothing's really changed in <laughs> 35 years, but um, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how, cause I totally remember doing that too. Maybe, maybe through other people's work, like maybe uh, I just can't remember. Yeah, it's so interesting to me. It just seemed, yeah. it was like a natural, like I just always felt like you were in college then with me, <laughs> I guess. Right, you know, like, no, it does It does feel like that. That's very funny. Yeah. And, you know, and in your company, like, you know, that very first concert of Arena, like I was yeah. in that. So we saw each other for that. And then, and then I feel like later, maybe like, you didn't, you do like a, yeah, you did. I'm looking in 2006, you did a, um, you did a, like a 10 year anniversary kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I was in that, I did like a small solo for that. But before that you did a show 
at space base. And I don't have that written down on my thing, but I want to say that was 2000. No, I'm sorry. I want to say that was 1998. Correct. Yes. Okay. I did. It was that How do awesome I not have solo. With the long giant shirt. Yes. And that, um, and I remember rehearsing, I don't know if we rehearsed at Space Space, but that's where the show was. It was 60, nor 67 we were rehearsing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I loved it because you were so facial. It was like all about facial expressions and characters. Yes. Okay. Things yeah, and I remember back. like coming to your house and, and doing like messing around with makeup to, for that solo, like because we were trying to like accentuate the facial expressions in that. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Well, so I have funny. to add that to my to my resume because I didn't yes, have hello. that. Yes, <laughs> hello. I didn't. Hello. <laughs> well, as you do that, I'm going to I'm going yes. <laughs> to take this description from your bio, which I just think is Hmm. Just so right on. I love it. Um, drawn, you're, that you are drawn to the edges of the experience of performing, the anticipatory rapid heartbeat before going on stage, and the regretful relief after exiting. My hmm. work often revolves, revol- reveals where that switch lives in the body. And I, I just am so fascinated by this description. Uh, hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I want to know more. Like what sure. that speaks to you and inspire, like what inspires you to make work? Hmm. Yeah, that I'm, you know, of course, everybody's bio, I'm sure gets rewritten every time you look at it a little bit, like, and it yeah, evolves yeah. over the years. Um, it's like, so speaking to that, um, I think being drawn to the edges, like even when I was a kid, in, you know, like in Milwaukee watching ballet, I remember going to, or, or when I, when my like friend was in a Milwaukee ballet company, I would go to tons of rehearsals and tons of performances. And, you know, I would kind of, what would catch my eye more than the dancing was like the sidelines, like what, like somebody who maybe, you know, was in the wing and I, they weren't supposed to be seen, but I could kind of see their foot or I could kind of, they were sticking out a little bit. And I was just like really sort of distracted, but also intrigued by that. And I remember being a kid in ballet and I went to see one of my teachers in Milwaukee perform and they were part of this sort of much more like theater kind of performance. And, and he, he was supposed to, I didn't understand that he was supposed to like, he was purposefully making mistakes. Like that's what his role was. He was dancing like in unison with a group of people, but he, he was always wrong. And then people were laughing. And I remember being really sort of confused by that, but I knew that I like, that's not like him. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. And I, I think I remember like asking my mom, like what, why was he, Dan, why was he making all those mistakes? And hmm. she was, I think she was trying to explain that, like, well, that was on purpose and that was, you know, to be funny. And I was like, well, that's dumb, you know, and I didn't think that was, I didn't think that, I didn't like that, but I was super curious about it and, and I noticed it. And so I think forever I've been really interested in um, like mistakes and, people on the edges, literally on the edges of the stage. Um, But, and also like, you know, it's such an interesting thing. If you are dancing in a traditional theater with wings, you know, you're like performing and then you're not performing because you're in the wing. And Mm. like, when, what is that shift? And in folk dance, like when I was with Ethic Dance Theater, that, you know, it was very important to project like crazy because you had these very intense often intensely colorful costumes on and your face kind of got drowned out in it. So we wore like this insane makeup that just Mm. looked, it looked great on stage, but from in person, it looked kind of scary, probably looks a lot like class, you know, like what ballet companies have to wear. It looks very severe. Mm. Um, Where was I going with this? Uh, (laughs) So just watching people like in the wing and then, 
and then ready to run out and then like putting that face on, like, you know, like opening their eyes more and maybe smiling if that was appropriate. And that's that sort of shift has always been really fascinating to me. Um, so I guess that's what I meant by the the edges of it. And I also do, I like mistakes also. Like I like, I don't like, I don't want people to be stressed out when they make a mistake, but I, I do, um, you know, we're human beings and we're not infallible. And it's kind of fascinating to watch what somebody does once they've made a mistake and like, what do they do then? Like, that's where it really gets interesting to me. Mm. Perfection is like, totally boring to me. I'm not, that's never a goal for me. Um, and in terms of the like rapid heartbeat, I get, I still, after all this time, get incredibly nervous to perform. Like it's, um, it's so exciting and I'd rather be nowhere else when I'm, once I'm on stage, but before I perform what, whatever the stage is, um, I'm just crazy nervous. And I, I don't know if that will ever chain. <laughs> so like anxiety really takes over and I just worry that I'm going to forget something or screw up and it doesn't usually go that way. It usually goes quite well. Yeah. But um but that so that that's what that rapid heartbeat is. And then you know, sometimes it is a relief to go off stage, but then I'm always like instantly sad. Like yeah. it's like grass is always greener kind of thing. Like you don't want it to be over, but um so I'm interested in that very quick transition or maybe it isn't quick, but I'm, I, and I have over the years have kind of figured out that I want to show that instead of trying to hide that from the audience, I want to show that and reveal that and, and draw that out a little bit more on stage. And do you feel like you do that within characters? Mm. I, I, I questioned um, questioning this. But. Yeah, I know. And I question that too. Like that, that word is, I guess I'm hesitant to, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Um, but I don't, not in like a theatrical sense, like it's yeah. not acting and I'm not interested in a narrative in, in for most of the time, like I'm not interested in conveying a narrative, but I have to say like your piece, your solo that you taught me with the big shirt and the in incredible facial expressions. I remember distinctly learning um, that, like learning the piece, like learning the movement, the, the best way that I could remember it was instead of like this facial expression or this movement, it was like, who does this remind me of? And mm -hmm. I remember t having to like write down like, okay, this part is like John Wayne. And then this part is like, I don't even know, someone, someone very glamorous, like a, like a old fashioned movie star. And, mm. um, and then this is like tough sports guy. And so I think I would say like names in my head as I was learning it. And as honestly, as I was performing it, mm. and then I would like inhabit, it was almost more about mimicry than a character, I guess. But I mean, that there is, there is a character in that for sure. Yeah. But within so, your own work, and maybe this is this is where I, I struggle with the word character as well, because I feel mm -hmm. like you're specifically working with the dancers that are there with you in the room. So it's like, it's mm -hmm. almost like a, oh gosh, what's the word? Oh like gosh. Amplifying, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> amplifying who they are in a way. Mm. If that, yeah. Or, or a character I, within them that maybe they're getting to play with mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't know yes no that that's absolutely it like it already exists within them you just have to like you know draw it out a little bit or or maybe um yeah i i, I do feel strongly about not acting that mm -hmm. is important to me like i don't feel like even though my whole time making work I can't tell you how many times I've heard it's usually men that like to say this like hey have you ever you know you should choreograph for theater that's really what you're doing like that <laughs> it's like okay thank you or um you should really make films because that's really you really talk more like a filmmaker and it's like hmm. okay thanks for the feedback yes, but yes. I consider myself a dance choreographer because it's the best 
art form, in my opinion. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> well, um, so yeah. to, to kind of dig in here a little bit more, uh, could you describe maybe the first day of rehearsal of maybe Soft Fences or Scout or mm. something even, you know, more recent that, and, mm. and pick a piece, any piece. Pick a piece, uh, any piece. <laughs> uh, that, that you would, like how you start the rehearsal process. And I'm sure it's hmm. different with everyone, but. They really are, yeah. Um, uh, Scout is sort of an anomaly because that was the first thing that I had made in 10 years. And oh. I made it in my kitchen of my old apartment um, in like a very small space. And that's one of my favorite things that I've made, I think. And I asked Greg Waletsky to work on it with me or to, if he would dance it with me, um, you know, and I, and I didn't have any money and to, to pay him and, or to pay myself. And we ended up doing it in, uh, a nine by 22, which was really great. And that, um, so I remember, you know, not wanting to waste his time and he's a, you know, and he's a, a very dear friend and like, you know, couldn't, there couldn't be a nicer person in the world. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I remember being concerned that like, well, I better have this really planned out because Greg's, you know, a professional dancer and I haven't made anything before, you know, in, in 10 years and I'm out of practice and um, I kind of want to try some things, but most of it has to be planned out. So I think some of that comes from, you know, not just coming from like being, the process being pretty scrappy in general, like, you know, there's never enough money, there's never enough time. It's really hard to get people together for like independent choreographic choreographic projects. Like everybody's so busy. A lot of people have other jobs. So you've got like often I, and I just kind of wilt after like two or three hours of rehearsal. So my rehearsals tend to be kind of short. So I like to have things pretty planned out on paper and in my head. And sometimes that's like lists of things to try. If I'm using music, it's often like, you know, I have like the time in the music written in the margins next to the notes of like where wow. something is supposed to happen. Yeah. It's pretty meticulous and, you know, which often doesn't leave a lot of room for, uh, spontaneity. <laughs> but with that said, um, I think a lot of that comes from like, you know, insecurity and not wanting to waste people's time and, and um, worry that they're going to get bored. Um, and they don't usually like people are usually happy to be there and generous with, with their attention and with their time. Um, but I'm not good at thinking in front of people. I think that's another piece mm -hmm. of it. I need like, so I like to have a plan for a rehearsal and I like to have like a list of stuff I want to at least try and we don't always get to it. Um, but then, and then I need time away from it and I need to like, I try to video it and take notes and um, then I need like some time away and to absorb it and just not think about it for a day or two. And then I will look at the video or look at my notes and maybe revisit something or change something the next mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, you asked something else like, Oh, what, what's like a first day? Uh, yeah. And that's tricky because like for soft fences, um, there were so many iterations of that piece. It started out as a duet for, again, for Greg Waletsky and I, um, and me rather. And it, and then we, did versions of it in choreography. Then there was trio and choreographer's evening. And then there was uh, like a group piece that he was in. And then we did a residency at Mansi in Tallahassee and worked very intensely on it. <clears throat> and then it changed again after we got back from Mansi. And so there were so many sort of not versions, but so many stages of it that, that material became very, very rich. So the first, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to answer that. <laughs> Everything's yeah. kind of bleeding into the next, which I think honestly, that's kind of how it goes. Usually, yeah, it's all connected somehow. Yeah. yeah, it's. I don't think I've ever. Um, 
I think one one piece I made in 2010 called We Tried to Throw the Light, I remember that one distinctly because there was a first day of rehearsal, but it was a commission from the Southern Theater and they, as as it always goes, they needed like an image to put on a promo postcard or for their catalog or something like the next day. It was ridiculous. So I didn't even know what this piece was yet. Um, and I hadn't made it yet. So the first rehearsal for that was a photo shoot <laughs> that I shot. And the and it was with um, Charles Campbell and Annie Enneking and Ellie Lynch. And so oh, we gosh. just like shot photos, which was actually a fantastic like icebreaker. And they were so great together. And that informed a lot of the movement ultimately. It, it informed a lot of the images that I would use. Because I do work from still images a fair amount. So like when you asked before, I'm jumping back now. When yeah. you asked before about um, like, how do you, what's your process like? I often take pictures or have someone else take pictures, work with a photographer. And then sometimes in pictures, I think even more than video, sometimes it people you see things in people that you maybe wouldn't have noticed, like little things get revealed. And sometimes that gives me an idea for something I want to try with, with the bodies, like in, like on their bodies. Um, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Cause I feel like, and, and you're talking about soft fences, kind of how long it, the process was or the iterations or stages that it went through. Cause I feel like there's such a richness of subtlety to your work. Mm. I mm. always feel a sense of dark humor mm. uh, and a real poignant kind of connection to the audience. In fact, like uh, like something that we all can relate to as an experience or memory or something that we can share in. I don't, mm. I don't know. Well, that's lovely. Thank you for, those are such yeah. Do you think of things. the audience I do. Yeah, pretty much constantly. I wish I (laughs) almost thought of them less. But yeah, that um, goes back to that heartbeat again, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's really, uh, that's interesting you say that. Like, I kind of can't, I mean, I feel like, you know, this last year with the pandemic has been so wild because it's kind of like, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, you know, Mm. that whole thing, like, do we exist without an audience? Like I've really questioned that a lot with my own work. Like everything's on hold. I have no idea when or if it will come back and in what capacity Um, it's inherently and forever changed, I think. Um, And, and that's made me question about audience as well, because, you know, okay. Yeah. I guess we're all video artists now because that's what everybody's doing. And, um, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it is not at all the same thing. It's no. a very different beast than live performance. And, and you don't see the audience reaction. And, and, you know, and I miss that terribly. Like I've done some video pieces um, this past year and have tons more that I haven't even shared with, with an audience, even I've been online. Um, but the audience is crucial. And so I'm, I'm, often thinking about like, well, which, where is this going to be performed if I know that and, and, or where should it be performed and how, you know, where should they sit and should I rope off these seats so that they get this view? Cause I tend mm-hmm. to think about it in terms of like at the Southern, for example, it's been a while since I've made anything for there, but you know, it's such a raked house that, you, you know, you miss stuff, you miss subtleties that you see in the f- first five rows that you, you miss that if you're in the back rows. Hmm. And I know a lot of people like to sit further back, but I prefer my work to be in more intimate spaces, I think. And I don't know if that's like a chicken or the egg thing. Cause I think that's where I sort of started making stuff. And, hmm. and I don't know. I mean, some things, yeah, like the old red eye space was great because it was sort of right in the middle of both of those things, um, size wise. Like, 
I don't need, I don't know what I would do in like a gigantic theater, like Northrop or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like the Walker. I mean, that would be really cool to try that. But, but even like I did a, a solo, sort of a solo, a solo interrupted by three men, um, which is a whole nother subject uh, in 2016 for choreographers evening. And I remember very specifically thinking about that space and wanting this interruption to happen from the back of the house. So I had two people, actually all three of the other dancers walk in from the back of the house and I wanted the lights to come up a little bit. And so, yeah, and we, you know, we counted out the steps and the railings and where they should stop and turn around and they had like a camera on a selfie stick. And oh, yeah. um, I wanted them to like, take pictures of them with the audience like they did at the Oscars that one time. And so <laughs> I definitely think about the audience and what, what they are seeing and, and what they're not seeing or what they might miss and, and try to like tailor it to that. Yeah. It almost is like that foot in the wing again, all the way back to. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Dance back then. <laughs> but I also, it makes me, it makes it, you know, all these men telling you to, to be a director film. Like mm-hmm. that direction of the eye in in such a specific way, because the video and film that I have seen of yours, Megan, mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. is very intimate, and that subtlety is shown. And yeah, I so it's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> I really like working with video. Um, I I I think it. You know, it's like. And I love movies and I always have. And, and I, I don't really like plays so much. Like I'm not, it's so funny because movies and plays, they're both like a screenplay or, or a, or a, what am I trying to say? There's a script for both. um, And they're not that different and there's actors, but there is something about film that works for me that doesn't tend to work for most like tradition. I'm talking like traditional theater. Mm -hmm. Um, experimental work is a totally different beast. But, but I think what it is, is that there's in film, you have the ability to do a close up, And so it does provide that intimacy and subtlety that you, that you don't necessarily get on a stage for a play. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, you know, and with, as a, as a dance maker and as a performer, you're so used to, being attuned to what you can subtly shift in your body to make it read more. You know, you're like, that's all, you know, you don't even think you're doing it. You're just like so good at doing it. Dancers are incredible because they are so finely tuned to that, that they just do that without realizing, um, you know, that's just, that's second nature. If you, if you have been practicing it for a long time and I don't even mean like, you don't have to be like a trained dancer. I don't mean that. Just like someone who's a good performer is riveting because they know where their body is and they know like how to sort of shift it slightly. Maybe they angle it out a little bit more. Maybe they tilt their head or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. But that is um, that is something I think you can that you can accomplish with video as well. Yeah. In, in terms of like making a, so I don't, yeah, I don't know if, I think what I make, when I make video, it's like mostly, I hate, I wish there was a better description than like dance video or dance for camera. Cause it's, that always brings to mind like a certain kind of thing that, yeah and, and it's hard cause there's like such variety within that field. I think we just maybe haven't done it for long enough. Hmm. to have more names for it. But, but yeah, I do a lot of video work. There's so much stuff on my phone from during the pandemic that I have yet to do anything with. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever share it, but I, (laughs) yeah, the, the, this time during COVID being, you know, isolated for, I mean, I work full time and I've been going into my job every day, so nothing's changed in terms of, of that, but, um, in terms of like dance and seeing dance and seeing other people in rehearsal that of course, like uh, ended so abruptly. And, 
and I really miss it. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell you how that is. <laughs> You're getting to perform outside though with Soundgarden. I know that that. Yeah. Yeah. I've cool. been dancing um, in this uh, Wavelets creative, which is uh, James Everest's group. So it's a, uh, there's some dancers, there's poets, there's musicians. Um, and there are sometimes there's visual art that's like posted on these, on these posts in the ground. And um, James has this really intricate sound score that he's composed for the space. So during, I started dancing, I think just about a year ago. Yeah. Last fall was the first one that I did. Um, and then we've done like, you know, approximately one or two a season. So mm. that was a really nice way to still be in my body and, and move during the pandemic and also, you know, be safe about it and remain socially distant. So you're dancing near people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're doing another one of those coming up in October. Um, where, yeah. where are you at with, because I know FW Redux. Does, does FW, what is Yes. FW? So, um, yeah, it's, I love that I made a title that you can't really say it. Like, I don't, I didn't think about that. Didn't think about the audience there, did I? <laughs> um, um, so uh, in 2016, I did a commission for the Right Here Showcase. And there was a piece that I made um, that was for um, four of us, which is the same four people I'm working with currently or was current working with until the pandemic. Um, and that is Greg Wiletsky, Matt Reagan, and Charles Campbell and myself. So there's, it's a dance for four people. And in 2016, it was um, the version I premiered there that was at the Illusion Theater was called, um, this is supposed to be my fertile window. And long, this is such a long story, but I'm not going to tell you <laughs> all of it. So I got a McKnight that same year in 2016, and I was supposed to do a residency um, and develop this piece at the Lumberyard out east in, in uh, upstate New York. And then they were under construction with this new space they were making. And then it got postponed a year. And then it got postponed another year. Oh, my gosh. And then they kind of flaked out, unfortunately. I'm not afraid to say that on here. And um, they... Long story short, I did not do a residency there. And I ended up going to, not until the summer of 2019, going to um, the National Choreographic Center in, in Akron, Ohio, which is also an amazing place. Um, and we spent about 10 days there and worked intensely on this sort of new version of this piece. So the FW stands for Fertile Window from the first iteration of it. Um, and Redux is just like a redoing of yeah. that. So it's not the same piece. It's a different piece. There are some sections that are pulled in, um, but this is really like an entirely new piece. But that information from the first piece is kind of like tucked away in all of our brains. Hmm. Um, so this piece is, is really, it, it's crucial that these four people are in it. Um, and I just don't know when that's going to be safe to do again. So I'm, yeah. I'm willing to wait. Um, it's tricky, but this piece has had nothing but interruptions. It's hysterical. So I think it's just, it's probably going to change again before it's finished. So we went to Akron and then came back and then, oh, that's what happened. Then uh, I was applying for the state arts board grant and then they dropped all of their funding. Oh. Yes. During the pandemic. So that didn't go according to plan and neither did the first residency. Um, and then, and then we got, I got another residency at center for performing arts, which we were probably only about a month into rehearsal in February to March of 2020. And then we had to go into lockdown for the, yeah. 
pandemic. So that got interrupted again. And then here we are. So um, it's really that this piece, I want to get it, I want to finish it, but I want it done right. And I don't think it can be, I'm, I'm positive it can't be performed with masks on. Like, I know that's a lot of, a lot of, that's a nice, like, compromise that a lot of artists have had to make is to perform with masks on to keep people safe. But this, this would lose a lot, I think Mm -hmm. there, and the subtlety of the face. And um, so I'm just, I'm just willing to wait, which may mean it might never happen. But I, I have hope that it will happen. It just might be a while. Yeah. And it might be a (laughs) different piece, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe in our 60s, we'll do it. (laughs) Your life's work. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Well, I have to say, Megan, I, uh, you know, you are such a presence on stage. In talking Mm -hmm. to you, I was remembering that solo at the Walker. You're like all in black and something Mm. with your, like a mask on or something. Yes. A mask. See, 20 years ago. And I I knew like, (laughs) It was a welding uh, mask. Yeah, I remember that. But I particularly want to promote your uh, Instagram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of jokingly, but but on in all honesty, it really is your. It's exactly your work to me. Your mm. humor and the what you're posting is like a completely little in into your mind and to your world, uh, mm. in in such a funny and poignant message (laughs) you know so (laughs) so i i'm excited for that (laughs) thank you so much yeah Yeah, it's funny how that's become like you can make little movies on yeah it's it's like the new performance kind of yeah it's a little outlet for you perhaps Mm -hmm. too to have that it is yeah it absolutely is yeah so it's so great to chat with you and get just a little glimpse of your uh history here your studio stories and i'm so thankful that you took the time today to join us thank you matthew it's been lovely to talk to you and it's really um gratifying to it it, you were talking about other interviews you've done and it makes me wish we could do like addendums on other people because then you have these memories of other people that they might not even remember and like Mm. that adds to their story as well so Yes. Interesting perspectives too, obviously. Absolutely. Like so different. Yeah. But thank you so much. Thanks. I'm, it was really lovely to be asked to do this. So thank you for, for that in this wild, wild time. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy. Thanks for joining us today. Next week, we chat with Michael Langle, a dancer, choreographer, and instructor. Proof of longevity in dance.